see evil and to do nothing is a great evil. And folks, we, we got to start speaking up. Welcome to Coffee, Culture, and the Capital with Sophia and Greg. Today we have a lot of great topics that you're going to hear about. Not only at California Family Council do we oppose bills, we also propose bills to the legislature. So we're going to talk about some bills that are being proposed. That's right. We, um, unfortunately, a bill has been introduced that is trying to sue pregnancy care centers into silence. So stay tuned to hear about that. And a whistleblower in a gender clinic has exposed what's really happening in gender clinics. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's awful. But stay tuned to hear about that. But before we dive in, don't forget we have the California March for Life coming up Monday, March 6th. And the California Family Council 20th Anniversary Gala, Sunday, March 5th. So check out CaliforniaFamily.org for more information on that. But let's dive right into it. Let's go. Before we start, I want to explain why I'm wearing a tie. I don't like ties. They <laughs> choke me and make me all hot. But I was at the Capitol today. Um, the Actually, they call it the swing space. It's where all the legislators have their offices. And when you want to come down here and try and persuade legislators to, you know, uh, Oppose bills or support bills. Uh, that's what you got to do. You got to dress up. And so that's where I was at the swing space today, trying to persuade legislators to adopt and author some bill ideas that we have. So, should we start? Yes, let's get right into it. All right. So, um, you know that we have been concerned here at the California Family Council about uh, what is happening in our schools with. Uh, kids being persuaded not only by their teachers but by the culture at large that they can pick their gender um, and that if they feel uncomfortable with uh, who they think they are uh, and they feel maybe they might be the opposite gender uh, schools are going to help uh, facilitate that behind parents backs and so a kid can change his pronoun his name the schools are starting to give kids uh, breast binders you know to compress a young girl's breasts to make them look like more like a male. This is happening, and, and lawsuits are being filed. Um, and we'll show one on the screen here. Uh, up in Chico, a parent uh, found out that their young child had been transitioned at school without their knowledge and uh, was shocked to find out that uh, her name had been changed and she'd been let into the boy's bathroom and all kinds of stuff. So she's filed a lawsuit. Um, but we have a bill... Uh, that we have an author for, and I can't reveal it right yet, but this bill is a notification bill. It's, it's a simple bill. It simply says a school cannot change uh, your child's name and use a different sex pronoun um, or do any kind of uh, social transitioning of your child without notifying you. Um, and so that is a bill that is going to be introduced uh, within the next week or so. Um, and so more information about that coming out. Um, another bill that uh, we are um, got an author for it was regarding pornography. It's, I mean, any parent knows, especially with uh, our social media uh, phones, that kids have quick access to really awful pornography. Um, and even not on purpose. Sometimes the kid yep. is just on YouTube or going through social media and clicks the wrong link or TikTok is trying to target them being a young child and stumbles upon a site that has pornographic images or videos. That's so. Absolutely. This happens all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and 
but there, are, but it, it's illegal for uh, minors to be given pornography here in California. But guess what? Uh, many of these pornography websites don't have age verification uh, like they do for uh, gambling, mm-hmm. uh, marijuana, when websites sell marijuana, or when they sell alcohol. Mm-hmm. There are third-party websites that set up to verify the ages of those using those websites, but they don't have one mm-hmm. for pornography. So this bill is going to require that. So I think a lot of parents are going to like that. Yeah, and it's a common sense bill. It's yeah. a bill that really shouldn't receive any pushback. You would think. You would think. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and it'll be interesting to see if any legislators are against this and think it's okay for kids under the age of 18 to go onto these sites without age verification. Yeah, Louisiana passed a bill just like this. Um, and uh, so, and they have a Democrat governor, and they signed it. So we'll see what happens. So those are two bills that we know are, are coming, and we'll, we'll announce who the authors are. Uh, within the next week. Yeah, and we'll keep you guys updated on those bills because a lot of times we'll update you all on what bills we're opposing and to call into your legislators. But That's it's right. equally as important to call into your legislators about bills we support. Absolutely. They need to hear the encouragement of why they should be voting in favor of a bill instead of always just hearing why they should vote against a bill. Absolutely. Okay, so there's there's two other bills regarding to human trafficking that we are working with the coalition that is really concerned about California's, uh, some, some, people, some people in California want to legalize uh, prostitution and make sex work, they call it, uh, a legalized profession, respectable, right? Um, but human trafficking and uh, prostitution have always been closely linked. Most of the women in these uh, who are selling themselves are you know, uh, hurt in some way, they're, they're wounded, uh, they come from foster care, or they're, you know, they're coerced or forced into this type of work, which when you're forced into this work and you have no other choices, it's called trafficking. And California has laws against human trafficking, but uh, last year there was a bill called, uh, passed by, well, it was authored by Senator Weiner out of San Francisco, uh, signed by the governor to legalize loitering for prostitution. Like loitering for prostitution means, you know, your your typical scene in a red light district. Many of our big California cities have them, where women are right out on the streets with guys pulling up in cars, uh, buying them. They jump in the car, they go around the block, and they come back and they do it again. Some of these women are having sex with guys twenty times a night. Many of these people out, young people, women out there are very young uh, teenagers. And so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's awful. <laughs> it's incredibly awful, but they legalize loitering. And it's increasing crime in the area, too, because it's causing, yeah. there's a lot more gun involvement when they're out there loitering. There's issues with that. So yeah, it's, pimps are shooting at each other. So it's making an unsafe environment for anyone living or in the area. Yeah, and so we, we predicted what would happen. If you don't let police uh, in, be able to approach um, uh, those who are on the streets selling themselves, which and you need probable cause to approach them, the loitering law allowed that. It allowed the uh, police to separate those who were on the streets from their pimps who were hiding in the, in the shadows. Uh, but now that that loitering law is gone, surprise, uh, human trafficking, uh, street prostitution is exploding. Uh, for instance, in San Francisco, and you can do a Google search, 
They've had to shut down. They put barricades on a particular street mm -hmm. because prostitution has taken over the street. Guys are lined up around the block. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, women on the streets. Uh, and there's it's becoming really dangerous. And there was a news report recently with five neighbors, you know, talking about how they can't even go outside their homes. And then in Oakland, uh, there is a prostitution ring that set up camp um, right outside a Catholic elementary school. So right in the middle of the day, as parents are bringing their children to, to school, there are these women out there that are hardly dressed in anything, um, and they can do this because the police can't really approach them. And you say, well, solicitation is still wrong. Well, how do you arrest somebody from solicitation mm -hmm. if you can't hear the solicitation, right? <laughs> so if you can't witness the crime, yeah. how, how, do you, how do you arrest somebody for it? So... Anyway, so this particular bill uh, we are trying to get an author for reinstitutes uh, the, uh, the crime of loitering for prostitution, it, but it only applies to, to those who are buying um, or the pimps. But around schools, it's going to say no loitering for prostitution at all. Now, we would like to have this bill go right back to what it was before, but we have to push back slightly, right? Um, and so hopefully we'll find an author. Yeah, and this is the result of when you don't vote or don't contact your legislators, bills like SB 357, which passed last year. That's right. Th this is the result of that. And the same people that are signing into law these bills and authoring these bills are the ones that are saying they're against violence and they want safety for children. But you need to pay attention to how people are voting, what they're putting into law, because you need to make sure their actions and words line up, and they're really not. That's right. So that's why I was at the Capitol today trying to find an author for that bill because we have a deadline of next week. Uh, if we don't find an author by next week, uh, this idea goes away. And then the other um, uh, bill we have uh, is we are finding that California has a very generous credit system for its prisoners. And so you, if, if, if you're not a serious, if it's not a serious or violent felony, um, you can get out early. And guess what? Trafficking of a human being is not a serious felony here in California. So even though people are getting sentenced, they are getting out early. And we have a, a particular instance, and I'll show this on the, on the screen. We had a, a Bakersfield guy. Um, he was in Orange County, and he uh, was caught and convicted, got eight years. Uh, this is back in 2017, but he was out in two, by 2020, right? And he had been human trafficking young girls. Um, and so he got out early, <laughs> right? Uh, he'd got eight years, but he was out within three. And then guess what? He goes right back at it, uh, was trafficking minors in Bakersfield. And they had to retry him. And the, this time, they gave him 27 years. So hopefully he doesn't get out early um, with the credit system. But we have a bill to eliminate discounts and credits and early releases for anybody who is convicted of her early trafficking, human trafficking. So that's another bill we got. Yeah, so we have a lot of bills that we're going to continue to talk about coming up that we need you guys to help support because it's going to just ultimately fight back to things that have already been put into law like SB 357. So stay tuned across our social media and across our website to know what bills you need to support and what bills you need to oppose. That's right. And speaking of bills that need to be opposed, we saw 
AB 315 be introduced? And do you want to give a little overview Yeah, if you that? go on our website, you can see an article that I wrote about it. Uh, this particular um, bill is targeting uh, pro-life pregnancy care centers. Uh, the pro-abortion Democrats here at the state capitol hate uh, these clinics that offer women uh, help, uh, mm -hmm. offer them um, ultrasounds and all kinds of help if they, what they call them if they're abortion vulnerable, right? Women who are th who are thinking, you know, maybe I want an abortion, um, but these pregnancy care centers make sure they know what their choices are, mm -hmm. and they offer them plenty kind of, plenty of services for for to helping them keep their baby. Um, a lot of women are getting abortions mm -hmm. because finances are an issue, or they don't think they can afford it, or you know. Um, and so when they get that support from these crisis pregnancy agencies, that changes their mind. Mm -hmm. And that's not what the pro-abortion folks don't like that. So they've introduced a bill to uh, go after uh, any type of communications that they're handing out that they consider misinformation, right? And so they're, they are going to ban the uh, misinformation and false information that, are, that come from anybody offering pregnancy care help. And that includes services and it also includes counseling so any of you ministries that your churches might have if you have an abortion uh a ministry to help rescue uh young babies from being aborted and you're offering advice to women well all those statements that you make and all the, that information you're giving out mm -hmm. uh if this bill passes uh they're going to try and sue you um and they'll find out something you know and who just who determines what is true what is false mm -hmm. and what is misinformation Right. Yeah, and when this bill was introduced, Assembly Bauerkon, who introduced this bill, right. stated that these groups talking about pregnancy care centers masquerade as healthcare centers to lure in pregnant people seeking care and abortion services, only to then mislead and pressure the patients about their pregnancy options. But she doesn't have any evidence to back up the statement saying that these pregnancy care centers are just misleading people. But we have um, the Charlotte Lozier Institute did a study in 2019, and it shows the study that pregnancy care centers, it, just in 2019 alone, mm -hmm. provided 700,000 plus free pregnancy tests. Now, is this nationwide? Nationwide. Okay. 486,000 free ultrasounds were performed. Clients that got were able to attend parenting programs was 291,000. Clients receiving after abortion support, 21,000, and free baby items provided, such as packs of diapers. So packs of diapers alone, they provided 1,290,079 packs of diapers. So wow. not only are they helping with pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, and all the STI and STD tests, That's right. they're helping after the baby is born as well. No, I know. So these pregnancy care centers are actually really impacting our neighborhoods in such a positive way, yet our legislators continue to target them and want to sue them into silence. Yes, and and they've done this several years. About five years ago, they uh, they tried to pass uh, a. They were concerned about misinformation, and so they wanted they passed a law to require all these pregnancy care centers to put a big sign in their clinics and on their websites where people can get free abortions. Right. Because they were concerned that 
when they were talking with uh, pregnant women, they were concerned that they weren't encouraging them to get an abortion or let them know how to get an abortion. And these are pro-life pregnancies care centers. They don't have to do that if they don't want to, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but the government was going to force them to. Uh, so that bill had passed, but uh, they were sued by the pregnancy care centers. It went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court came back and says, this is what, this violates the First Amendment because mm-hmm. the government does not have a right to compel people to communicate a message that they don't believe, right? So not only does the First Amendment protect our right to say what we believe, it also protects us from being compelled to say something we don't believe, right? And that's what that's that's what happened. And so that was about misinformation. And then just last just uh, last year last year there was a bill passed regarding COVID misinformation. Mm-hmm. It said doctors cannot communicate. Uh, COVID miscommunication, (laughs) but the whole thing is who decides what miscommunication is? Well, the government, right? So the government is deciding what is scientific, what isn't. Um, Anyway, a federal judge just halted that bill from being enforced because then again, it's it's limiting debate, right? We should have be able to have open, free debates about abortion, about COVID. And uh, without the government going around deciding what which messages should be communicated or not communicated. That's what free speech is about. Mm-hmm. So as soon as AB 315 is assigned to a committee hearing, yeah. we will make sure to inform you all what legislators are on that hearing, what offices to call, and we'll continue to update you guys on this bill so we can try to stop it. That's right. So now to the whistleblowing. That's right. So this is, now we've, we've covered this issue many times before about young people being persuaded that they're the opposite sex. And then the solution, um, the doctors, the counselors, um, the legislators is to this confusion somebody has is what you have to make your body match your feelings, right? And so that's been the standard of care, not just here in California, around the country. So mm-hmm. we've been sounding out warnings about this because pe- young people are starting to detransition, they call it. Mm-hmm. They realize they've made a terrible mistake and it's too late because these drugs sterilize you. Uh, these drugs mutilate mm-hmm. your body. You're, we're talking about cutting off healthy breasts and reproductive organs. Um, but, and so there's a big story that's out today and this is really like the first um, person who's actually worked in a gender clinic that has actually come out and shown evidence of how awful it really is. Yeah, and mind you, a lot of people that when we push back against this transgender issue, a lot of people say, keep your religion out of it or all these things. But the lady who introduced this article, she is actually identifies as a queer woman. Mm-hmm. She states that she is politically left of Ber- Bernie Sanders. Sanders. <laughs> exactly. She's married to a trans man, and she has two biological children from a past relationship and now has three foster children as well. As well as she stated that when she was an adolescent, she had de- dealt with gender confusion herself. Right. So this is someone who's experienced these things. This is someone who's worked in this situation. There's no argument or pushback other than she's just offering the straight facts of the negative results of this movement. No, I know. And so some of the the tragic things that she's revealing is that uh, 
you know, that there is a huge number of kids coming into their clinic who've got other type of psychological problems. Mm -hmm. Um, And she says it's a a lot of young girls who are coming in um, with anxiety and depression and eating disorders. But once they, and, but once they mention that they're, they might think they're a different gender, they're put pretty much, they do through one little session of counseling uh, they, they visit um, a, a doctor dealing with hormones, and then all of a sudden they're put on this path uh, to take these hormones, to take the puberty blockers, and to get these surgeries. And the, the effects, as you might imagine, are horrific, and they're not recording them. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, one of the shocking things is that says some of these kids come back and they say, hey, this is terrible, I'm having terrible effects, and the doctors aren't interested Mm -hmm. in meeting with them. They're not interested in actually recording uh, all the side effects, right? They figured, this isn't my patient anymore. Um, And it's it's, the the side effects are unbelievably horrific. Um, And she spells it all out, and she includes emails that she gets from parents and clients. Um, Yeah, And, and she also says that these kids really don't understand what they're doing. They don't understand the implications of losing your ability to reproduce. Yeah, she talks about there was a 17-year-old biological female patient Mm -hmm. who began to take testosterone, and then she called because she was bleeding, and it said she had soaked through a pad, it soaked through her jeans, and through a towel that she had wrapped around her. And the nurse told her to go to the emergency room, And they later found out that this biological girl had intercourse. And because the testosterone thins um, vaginal tissues, her vaginal canal had ripped open. And so these are these results. And she had to have a vaginal laceration, or it was a vaginal laceration case. And it's not the only one they've heard of, she stated. So there's so many negative results of this, yet they're not speaking out about it. They're not telling people what can happen when you try to change your body. And yep. the worst part is, is she talks about the increase of amount of calls they've gotten about people going through these gender transitioning yeah, yeah. over the years, and that it's a, it's a social contagion that people are seeing it. She says she'll get calls where it's a group of girls from a high school coming in together that they all want to transition, and it's because social media is pushing it, the culture's pushing it, and if you're having anxiety, if you're having depression and all these issues, instead of fixing the issues that's happening, they just say, well, maybe you're just not in the real body you should be in and go down this gender spiral. Yeah, she, she actually, at the very end of the article, she quotes, um, the, she quotes that this is so experimental, right? Um, and the, the, she says, the doctors I work alongside at the transgender clinic uh, said frequently about the treatment of our patients. And here's what here I'm going to quote. They said, we are building a plane while we are flying it, right? So they don't know that th- these things are going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, th- they're, there's no guarantee. They're not, even when they're doing them, if, it's, if, it's a, excuse me, if this is experimental, then why aren't we doing intense research mm-hmm. and recording of the, the treatments we do, the actual outcomes, to, to make sure if this is actually lowering suicide rates? And they're not doing that, right? And so, so what in the world are we doing? 
And right. it's not only that they're not doing it, they don't want to do it. She said she tried to speak out against this oh, yeah. and push back while she was still working there. So they, they were going to fire her mm -hmm. because of all of her objections and questions and, and challenging the authority of the doctors. And when they told her, you either shut up or get out, she, she, she needed her job. So she quieted down. She went through one more uh, round of uh, evaluations. That, mm -hmm. So she got a good evaluation, and then she moved departments, right? And then once she got her new job in another department, she, she called the attorney general's office in Missouri, because that's where this is happening, um, and had them investigate. And so uh, this is huge. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think we're going to see a lot more people coming out to share these stories. And yeah. it's a good thing that people come out to share these stories because the truth needs to be revealed. But I yeah. say unfortunately because we're hearing about these children that bodies were mutilated. And they're going through all these issues that they should have never been put through in the first place. Yeah. Because, again, she said most now it's mostly girls they get that come in. And it's these girls have eating disorders. They have ADHD. Most of them have autism. Mm. and are on the spectrum and instead of fixing their problems they go straight to this and it just goes back to the point of if you have someone dealing with an eating disorder you don't tell them yeah no don't eat don't eat you you are fat no you tell them the truth you get them right. fixed you and it, this is the same thing when someone feels uncomfortable in their body what child doesn't feel uncomfortable in their body going through puberty i think every child does you're going through these changes Everyone goes through it, and instead of being told that what you're going through is wrong, it should you should be told what you're going through is a normal life thing. And sometimes it's hard, but it's what you go through as a female. It's what you go through as a male. Yeah. And you shouldn't just transition who you are because of it. No, and a lot of this is happening because there's it's it's sometimes it's so unbelievable. Mm -hmm. How in the world could this happen with nobody saying anything? Well, that's that's a good point. So th this has happened because so many people saw something and didn't say anything. I mean, uh, a lot of parents, you know, were trusting of doctors, but a lot of doctors were not speaking up. You know, they're worried about their careers, uh, their jobs were gonna be threatened, and, you know, they shuffled people all off to the gender clinic, knowing not, you know, that even if when they didn't uh, agree with the gender treatments, but they s sent them off there anyway, because um, they knew they would get in trouble if they didn't, and, and this is the result. So now is the time to speak up and stand up. Cannot be silent. Silence hurts people, right? To be see evil and to do nothing is a great evil. And, folks, we, we got to start speaking up. Yeah, it's, we can't be silent any longer. So no. that's why we here at California Family Council will continue to update you all on how you can in get involved what you can do, how you can talk to your legislators. And if you have a story like this of your own, we encourage you to speak out against it. Use your story, use your testimony to put an end to these evils. That's right. All right. Well, we hope you guys had a great watch and listen, and we hope you learned a lot. And don't forget to come to the March for Life on March 6th here at the State Capitol. That's right. We'll see you next week. See ya.